Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast where three literary matchmakers set you up with your next great read using only dating app questions like, do you consider yourself a romantic? What is your dream Saturday? If tattoos only lasted one year, what would you get? What's your go-to karaoke song? This is Blind Date with a Book. Prepare to fall in love. Welcome to Blind Date with a Book, the podcast that sets you up with your book, Meet Cute. I'm one of your hosts, Rachel Mans McKenney, and I'm an author and book reviewer from the Midwest. I'm Elena Nicolau, and I'm a senior entertainment editor at Today.com. I'm Kristen Evans, a book critic and culture writer based in Cleveland, Ohio. Today, we're setting up Aparna Shewakramani. Aparna is a lawyer from Houston who was a cast member of the Netflix show Indian Matchmaking. Her book, She's Unlikable and Other Lies That Bring Women Down, came out in spring 2022, and she's also the founder of a travel company, My Golden Balloon. She recently read and loved Homegoing and The Vanishing Half and has a tattoo that she got during study abroad in Japan. Her dream vacation would include adventures with luxury hotels at each stop. She always picks Britney songs for karaoke and is impressed by other people who are entrepreneurs and can believe in their visions. Aparna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. So your time on Indian matchmaking spurred a thousand memes. <laughs> so <laughs> what have you what have you learned from becoming internet famous? Don't do it again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I never set out to be memeable, so that was quite the surprise. It was a pandemic surprise. Some people had new houses, some people had babies. I had internet fame. So it was quite a whirlwind since then. And I can't say that my life has ever been the same. I noticed, we're not going to name drop the book that you said that you recently read and did not like. Like, but I know that you have thoughts about reality TV because that book was related to it. So what's something you want people to know about reality TV? I think what I learned about reality TV is that narratives can be built that are absolutely not reflective of what's actually happening. And it's made me more discerning about the way I consume all media, not just reality TV, but even scripted shows, the news, even articles I read now. So I think that I have an insider look into editing and into narrative making and And uh, it's made me a different reader as well. That is a really interesting point that knowing that reality TV is very much like scripted and orchestrated makes you a different reader because you realize that the show is also like being constructed. And I say this because I'm about to watch The Bachelor after this. So I'm like, I'm totally unfortunately buying into it. But I'm also curious, you wrote a book, how has being an author changed how you read or, or has it changed how you read? I'm not sure it has. You know, the the writing process for me was very smooth and very quick. The whole book was written in 18 days. So I kind of sped through that process. And now I appreciate the parts that lead up to a book launch more. And I look at people's marketing strategies differently as a book is about to launch. But I don't think it's changed the way I read per se. I'm still just, you know, the, the little girl I always was that just loved voraciously picking up a book and not putting it down till three o'clock in the morning and reading under the covers. I'm still inherently that same reader. You read voraciously and you write voraciously. Like writing a whole book in 18 days is amazing. We also wanted to ask you, so obviously our show is matchmaking 
people with books. The Netflix show that you went on was about actual matchmaking. What are your thoughts on actual matchmaking having gone through the show? You know, I think it can work. It did not work for me, but I advise people who are looking, you know, into matchmaking to realize that you're getting into a relationship with your matchmaker. You are definitely also dating that person in a way. You're building a relationship with them. You can have a bad first date or two or three. You can realize you are severely incompatible, that your values don't align. You can have red flags with them as well. And I caution people to to choose the matchmaker that aligns with them and is actually on their team and, and working alongside them in their pursuit for love, because that could change the whole experience and probably make it a positive one. I mean, I can't speak to positive experiences, but I'm sure someone's having one somewhere with a matchmaker. Oh, I'm going to let all the SEMA shade fly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to interrogate you on it, but I'm going to I'm going to interpret that as Seema shade, which I <laughs> warranted. <laughs> well, there's a season two coming out, and Seema's a matchmaker again, guys. Well, let's see if she continues her zero streak. <laughs> <laughs> shade left and right. <laughs> uh, we are much better matchmakers than Seema. Everybody who leaves the show is usually like, "Yeah, I want to go on dates with all six books." So good job, Kristen and Rachel. Okay, we are winning. Well, let's talk about your your most recent and your actual business venture. What's it like to launch a travel business, you know, right before and around a pandemic? How's that been for you? Widely unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an adventure. I mean, we have only been able to complete one trip since the pandemic started. It was to Kenya. It was a very ambitious trip, especially as people were just first getting vaccinated around then. It was June of 2021. And it went well. We sold out our next trip to Morocco. And as we sold it out, the country went into a surge and locked down completely. Sold out another trip. That country, Egypt, went down into a lockdown. Just kept selling out trips that would then almost forecast a lockdown for that country. I felt bad. I didn't know if I was doing it or if it was just a bad, bad coincidence. So for now, it's on hold. I'm anticipating the fall for more trips. But I think I'm also in the mindset that it can lay fallow if it needs to. It can shut down if it needs to. You know, not all businesses survive. And that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It means that the world was bigger than a travel business in the pandemic, apparently. Right. Well, and being an entrepreneur, like you talk about, is is more than one venture. So excited to see what you are working on in the future. Working on some great things right now. Can't talk about them, but hopefully in a few months, they will all come to light and the whole world will be talking about them. <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. Well, now let's talk about some books. So Aparna, over the next two rounds, we'll each introduce you to some books that we love. So we will get points based on how much you like the dates we set you up on. You win no matter what, because you'll get some great book recommendations. But one of us will win by being this week's best matchmaker. And if we win, we get to play for our favorite indie bookstores. So today I'm going to be playing for the Well-Read Moose in Coeur d'Alene in, in Idaho. Elena, who are you playing for? I'll be playing for Taylor Books of Charleston, West Virginia. And Kristen, what indie bookstore are you playing for? I'll be playing for A Novel Idea in Philadelphia. Okay. Aparna, get ready for your literary meet cute. Okay, Elena, let's hear about your first pick. All right, Aparna, in your questionnaire, you said you're inspired by people who believe in their own vision. Your values and your love for travel make me think you'll admire Marion Graves. 
one of the main characters at the center of Maggie Shipstead's 2021 novel Great Circle, one of the few books I've ever read that can actually be described as sweeping. The first time Marion sees a plane fly overhead, she knows she's met her destiny. Her own dreams, not other people's opinions, are her guiding light, which is a good thing because no one thinks a poor orphan in 1930s Montana can become a pilot. But become a pilot she does, and she remains a legend for her ambitious trek that she never returned from. The character is inspired by other brave women who took the skies in that era, when flight was a new frontier, as she makes deliveries through Alaska, flies over war fields of Europe in World War II, and eventually attempts to circumnavigate the globe by crossing Antarctica. Marion is fueled by adrenaline and a complicated desire to take on the unknown. All this is rendered by Shipstead's absolutely gorgeous prose, which manages to be both philosophical and utterly readable. Great Circle gets thrillingly meta too because it features the narration of Hadley, a modern-era Hollywood actress cast to play Marion in a biopic. By switching perspectives between Hadley and Marion, we see the huge distance between the real Marion and how she is remembered. Great Circle is a reminder that our heroes are always more complicated than the history books make them seem, and that we all contain an unknown of our own. That is Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. Okay, so Elena's first round pick is Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. Kristen, what's your first round pick? Okay, Aparna, a few things struck me about both of your reason favorite reads. Both Britt Bennett's The Vanishing Half and Yaa Jesse's Homegoing are family sagas about the Black experience, and both novels are historical fiction, which is one of my favorite genres too. So I would be remiss if I did not recommend the latest book from one of the most exciting novelists working today, Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge. This is a tale of mothers and daughters and of struggling to find one's own path. Even if that means disappointing your family or daring to leave the constrictions of marriage behind. Growing up in post-Civil War New York, Liberty is a young, dark-skinned Black woman who learns medicine at the side of her mother, a character that's actually based on Susan Smith McKinney Stewart, the first Black woman doctor in New York State. Although her mother can pass as white, Liberty experiences the painful judgment of colorism, and throughout much of the novel, she grapples with how this prejudice shapes her life. The novel follows Liberty from the streets of Brooklyn to a black college in Ohio, where she decides to deviate from the career and medicine her mother envisioned. Instead, she takes up performing in a trio of singers called the Graces. After a reluctant return to Brooklyn, Liberty falls in love with her mother's protege, a young Haitian doctor who convinces Liberty they can find freedom together on the island. Married and separated from her family by an ocean, Liberty must finally decide where and with whom she can find independence, love, and at long last, acceptance. All right. So Kristen's round one pick is Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge. Now, are three historical fiction recommendations in one round too many? I sure hope not. <laughs> so Aparna, after reading about your love of family sagas like Homegoing and the Vanishing Half, plus your past travel in Japan and respect for people who believe in their own visions, I have to recommend the 2020 novel 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemmy. This novel follows the child of a Japanese aristocrat and her African-American GI lover in post-World War II Japan. The daughter is Nori. Nori's mother leaves her with her grandparents with one caution. Do not fight. Do not resist. For years, she does just that, hiding in an attic as her grandparents do everything they can to hide her from the world. Despite their attempts to keep them separate, she meets her half-brother, who's also a music prodigy, Akira. 
who is set up to inherit not only the property, but also the legacy that her grandparents have worked to build. This ambitious debut novel takes place over many decades and across many continents, and it isn't always a happy read, but it is a beautiful novel about love and the journeys we wish we could take versus the ones our families expect us to. Okay, Aparna, so your first round picks are Elena's pick, The Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead, Liberty by Caitlin Greenwich, and my pick, 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemmy. Aparna, what would you pick to take out on a date? Okay, first of all, I love every single pick. So you are already doing so well at matchmaking. So I loved that you guys really picked up on the way that I enjoy relationships and family sagas. I think that the quest is also there in each one of the books, which is kind of where I'm at in my own life, in my own career, in my own pursuit of love as well. So I really related to the protagonists in each one of the books. I have to say that there's just something so for me, gripping about Liberty. And I think that's the one I would pick, mostly because it's about a woman who kind of leaves behind her family's expectations, as well as, you know, society's expectations of a career in medicine, the way that I left behind my own career in law to pursue something more creative. I am currently writing and working on other projects down this creative path. And I'm also looking for a partner still. (laughs) And I don't know, there's just something that rung true to me about that story. And I was just intrigued. And that would be the one I'd probably pick up. Oh, that's so exciting. It's so beautifully written. And I think everything that you just highlighted there uh, really resonates throughout the novel. So I really hope you love it. But I also want to read 50 Words because Japan and I also want to read Great Circle because wow, female pilot. <laughs> are you kidding me? That is so cool. Like, uh, wow, These were good ones. Y'all are really, really good at this. Well, I had read all three of these books and loved them all. So I knew this was going to be tough competition. (laughs) All right. So where this leaves us after the first round is that Kristen is in the lead with 20 points. And we'll be back in just a moment with three more picks for Aparna. Welcome back to round two of Blind Date with a Book. We are here to set up some more books for someone who has actually been match made with (laughs) on the TV show Indian matchmaking. So Aparna, are you ready for three more great book recommendations? I am more than ready. Okay, Elena, give us your round two pick. All right, Aparna, like you, I also raced through Netflix's show on near death experiences, and it sent me down a little bit of a literary rabbit hole. I bring you one of my findings. Published in 2012, Dying to Be Me is a memoir that essentially tracks one woman's voyage from life to death and back again. Anita Morjani was diagnosed with cancer when she was 42, and after four years of battling Hodgkin's lymphoma, her body was shutting down. She arrived at a hospital and was given hours to live. And here's where Morjani describes something truly out of the ordinary. She lost consciousness in the hospital and then proceeded to have a vivid near-death experience, which Morjani describes across multiple chapters. When she woke up, the cancer was totally gone. Morjani is currently in her 60s and cured. The memoir consists of more than just brushes with a great beyond. It also touches on the before and after of that life-altering moment. The before consists of Morjani's childhood growing up in a traditional Hindu family in Hong Kong and her love story with her husband. And the after is how life changes when you come face to face with the existence of a larger being in the idea of your own purpose. Dying to be me is a memoir that demands an open mind. It doesn't 
doesn't have to change your mind necessarily, but perhaps it will challenge your worldview. Morjani presents what happened to her without any frills. It's simply her experience. At the very least, she has some good messages about how to make meaning of your time on Earth. Take with it what you will, but you might find the borders of what you considered possible are now somewhat wider for having read the book. That is Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Okay, so Elena's round two pick is Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. Okay, Kristen, what's your round two pick? All right. Like Elena, I zeroed in on your love of near-death experience, Aparna, uh, which is the Netflix show you most enjoy introducing people to. That ghostly detail from your questionnaire, combined with your extensive knowledge of travel and your love of family sagas, led me all the way back to Mira Jacobs' 2015 debut, The Seepwalker's Guide to Dancing. It's 1998, and Seattle-based photographer Amina doesn't know what to make of her father's deteriorating condition. Back home in New Mexico, Amina's father is talking to ghosts, and her mother, Kamala, is trying to downplay his illness. Amina has seen her fair share of ghosts, too. She's grieving the loss of her brother, Akil, and trying to make sense of accidentally photographing a man's tragic jump off the Aurora Bridge. Ultimately, Amina moves back home and must figure out what exactly is haunting her father before it's too late. Even though Jacob is writing about difficult things, like long-buried family secrets and inherited trauma, she somehow manages to make the novel feel both light and alive. The dialogue is incredibly warm and funny, which will surprise no one who has heard Jacob on the radio or as a book presenter. And that dialogue is what propels this epic across so many times and continents, from the family's sudden immigration to the United States from India, to Amina's career in a Seattle at the tail end of its grunge era, to Akil's struggles with a mysterious sleepwalking disorder, which color their childhood in the Albuquerque desert. Thanks to its short, chatty chapters, I just know you'll race through the Sleepwalker's Guide to Dancing, even at your most tired moments, so you can uncover all the secrets nestled at its heart. All right, so Kristen's round two pick is The Sleepwalker's Guide to Dancing by Mira Jacob. Okay, Aparna, I think you have had a long few years, we all have, and you deserve a fun book. So you write in your questionnaire that you feel like a voice in a changing era of the societal expectations placed on millennials, and that you prefer good things to happen, and you are also a romantic. So mixing all this together, I have to select one of the most millennial and most voicey and fun books I've read in a long time, which is The Ark by Tori Henwood-Hohen. So The Ark follows Ursula Byrne, who's a highly successful marketing executive, who is also very quirky and hilarious and horrible on dates. While at her exclusive women's club bemoaning her most recent breakup, she is passed a card by a stranger about The Ark, which turns out to be a secret, like sign an NDA and pay almost $50,000 secret relationship setup service. The Ark studies your behavior for a week at their facility and then promises the match of a lifetime guaranteed. Ursula is paired with a handsome, dashing lawyer named Raphael Banks. From moment one, this feels like lasting love that they've been waiting for forever. But does the match work out? What follows is a book that reads sometimes like a romance, but most often like the romance version of a roller coaster. Bumps and bends that I couldn't see coming. I will say that if this book will not let you fall asleep reading it close to bedtime. Plus, mixing your love for love, you cannot do better than The Ark. Okay, Aparna, so your second round picks are Dying to Be Me by Anita Murjani, The Sleepwalker's Guide to Dancing by Mira Jacob, and The Ark by Tori Henwood-Hohen. So Aparna, what would you pick for your second round pick? I want all of them. I want them for different reasons. So I want um, yours, Rachel, for The Ark for a plane read. I am big on not watching 
the iPad or the little screen and I'm going to be on a plane a lot in the next three weeks. Like I think I have six or eight flights and I feel like the ARC would just be the perfect companion. But I also was really intrigued by Christian's pick because um, I believe that's a South Asian author. Am I correct, Christian? Yes. Yeah. And I... I love that perspective. When I read novels by other South Asians, I love the way that they take a culture that's obviously mine and so dear to me and then wrap it into these stories that are so much bigger than anything I know or could imagine. Um, Albuquerque and that whole area of the country always just seems so mystical, like, I don't know, desert mystical, the, the home of such vastness and such culture from, you know, dating back from indigenous cultures. I, I don't know, that really struck me. But... I would pick Elena's pick, Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani. I actually heard about it a few years ago, and I started following her, I think, on Instagram, but never picked up her book. And maybe I'm a workaholic, maybe it's the Capricorn in me, but I'm actually working on a project right now that is forming quite quickly, and it has ties to this memoir. And so for me, maybe I'm thinking work, 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 but I am dying to read Dying to Be Me by Anita Murjani, and I would pick up that one first. Oh, I'm so excited to hear that. I was like, is this too out of left field? So I'm happy to know that you are already have this book in your orbit. And you know what? If you read the book, you would say it's not a coincidence that I recommended it to you. You were supposed to hear about it again and finally buy your copy. So definitely let me know what you think after you read it. I had a couple of big aha moments while reading it, and I hope the same happens for you. I cannot wait. I'm actually going to read all six of these books. <laughs> okay, so Aparna, where this leaves us is at the end of round two, Elena has 20 points and Kristen also has 20 points. So if you were being set up with someone on a dating app and mm-hmm. there were two people who you thought equally had interesting personalities, let's be real, you'd go with the more attractive person. So likewise, <laughs> we're going to have you pick purely based on the cover of these two winning books. So each of our hosts is going to describe the book cover aloud for our audience. And then if you'd like to also pull up those book covers in a browser window so you can also see them, that would be great. Kristen, do you want to go first? Sure, sure. Okay. Looking at the cover of Liberty by Caitlin Greenidge, at the center of the cover, which is a beautiful collage, you see this very striking silhouette of a Black woman. She's surrounded by flora and fauna, tropical flora and fauna, so there's a bright red parrot and what looks like, I think, red hibiscus, and there's a yellow butterfly and these luscious green ferns sort of like waving from the corners of the cover and in the background in between all of the all of the fern fronds you can see a glimpse of the ocean so very much recalling the setting of Haiti and also I think like a call to the the title of the book Liberty too okay Alana your turn okay so y'all I'm I'm gonna really try here but I'm not working with much I'm I I don't this is no shade to whoever created this cover but I find it a little haunting and not in a good way so <laughs> the cover is like this turquoise cover and then from within the turquoise is a set of eyes and a face that's sort of like in the background and the eyes are Mona Lisa-ing you they are watching you then it's the phrase dying to be me my journey from cancer to near death to true healing the cover screams metaphysical supply store and it's very mystical a lot of words are on the cover but it definitely looks like the author is beaming this to you from the great beyond and that's why her head is sort of blending into the sky 
sky. I guess this is the artist's rendition of a near-death experience. I know we're judging by the cover. The, the insides of the book are good. I'm not sold on the cover. <laughs> that is so honest. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> it's true. I, I find this cover to be scary. Like, I mean, like Aparna, you're free to choose it. Of course, I'd be happy if you did. But there's something about her her eyes. They're like watching you. I mean, am I lying or she? they're, they're watching you? Yeah, it looks more like a Lifetime movie cover than a memoir about someone who even went to a near-death place or or did pass and then come back over. It's it's also reminiscent, color scheme-wise, of Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Oh, which I of don't course. Of yes. course. Have I read that book? Of course I've read that book. It's like they yeah. make the covers a little bit... Um... I don't know, metaphysical, like you said, like it's like the whole bookshelf must all look the same. This must be next to many lives, many masters. Maybe it's the same person making it. They're just like, let me just put colors and kind of make the colors tessellate in a strange face coming from the distance. Like this is very many lives, many masters. I agree. It is. It is. And and the Liberty book cover is beautiful. I mean, it is art. But, you know, I have my own memoir. And is the cover really that compelling? It's like me. Like, you know, no offense to me. But I think the, the art that can come out on a cover of a fiction book is just always going to win. So if we're going by covers, Liberty wins. Okay, Kristen, congratulations, winner. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. And I'm so happy that your book won because it really is one of the best covers I've ever seen. Like it's so beautiful. And that means congratulations to a novel idea in Philadelphia. So thanks, Philly. Okay, Aparna, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you really enjoy your books, whether you're on a plane or not. I will be enjoying every single one of them. They'll be ordered from bookshop.org or my local independent bookstore here in Houston right away. Oh, wonderful. And what is your local independent bookstore that you like? Brazos Bookstore in Houston, Texas. Wonderful. And where can we find you on the internet, Aparna? I'm best found on Instagram at uh, my name, Aparna Shawak Romani. And I think you can follow along on my adventures there. I talk about writing the book and now launching the book. So it's a fun place to kind of follow along in all my journeys. And winner, Kristen, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at at paper alphabet, P-A-P-E-R alphabet. And Elena, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Elena Wonders. And you can find me on Twitter at R.M. McKenney, M-C-K-E-N-N-Y, or on Instagram at Rachel Mans McKenney. You can also find all the books that we talked about today in our show notes, and the buy links will all go to A Novel Idea in Philadelphia. Find our show online at blinddatewithabookpod.com and at bookmeetcute on Twitter and Instagram. Please follow us and tell us all the books that you have fallen in love with recently. Thanks for listening to Blind Date with a Book. Our show is produced and co-hosted by Kristen Evans, Rachel Mans McKenney, and Elena Nicolau. Our showrunner is Rachel Mans McKenney, and our sound editor is Elena Nicolau. Kristen Evans handles web design and newsletter production. Our theme music was written by Alex Bozzi, and our logo was designed by Chelsea Hill. If you like today's show, please subscribe, rate, and review Blind Date with a Book on Apple Podcasts. Ratings make it even easier for other listeners to find us and join the fun. We'll be back in two weeks with a new guest and more books to recommend. Until then, we hope you're falling for the next book on your TBR pile, whatever it might be.